Praise the Lord. It was a lovely morning this morning, wasn't it? I'm sure it was at Sunny Mead and at South Green, but here it was lovely, and I was um, I was uh, encouraged by the worthy and brought about the, the gifts of healing, and uh, um, and also Matt and Lydia and uh, and Dave Howe. They're, they're inspirational, weren't they? Yeah, just in such a lovely, lovely, lovely way of sharing testimony. Testimony is really powerful, isn't it? It's the outworking of the word in our lives. And uh, each of us bears a testimony. I think you're very brave, Christine, when you stand up there and say, has anyone got a testimony? And you stand there and you look around and your your eyes scan, our heads drop down. But um, the truth be known, we've all got a testimony, haven't we? Yeah? Every single one of us have got a testimony. Um, and we're declaring it one way or another. All testimonies aren't quite as positive and uh, as lovely as the ones we heard. But we have a testimony. Because we have a wonderful God who's, who loves us and uh, is constantly working in our lives. Constantly. And uh, that I find uh, just a, a wonderful a challenge. I just want to speak a, a little bit about, I suppose it, it's who we are, uh, and especially we're children of God, those of us that have committed our lives to him, given our hearts to God, and allowed him to be our father. The consequence is that we're children of God. And that's, that's great. It, that, that came by faith, didn't it? With no great act upon ourselves that earn any merit that say, I, I should be a child of God. You know, adopt me because of, well, just look at me. It was exactly the opposite. And I had nothing to show for myself when God called me and chose me and said, hey, Ian, in all the mess of your life, come follow me. And, and that took you into something if you allow me to. Um, and that was a, a, just a, a little bit of faith. And that wasn't even my faith, it was the faith that God allowed me to have and gave me to trust in him. And begin that amazing, amazing journey with God, walking with him. So faith brought me to God, and he became my father, and I became a child of God, and that's who we are, children of God. But that, that place is so huge, and this ties in with um, communion, a huge expectation upon us from God because we're his children. And uh, we'll explore that a little bit. But he wants us to live as children of God. He's made us a child of God. But he wants me to live as a child of God. And I think what Carol was saying, what Jackie was saying, the way the worship was led, all, all sort of contribute to that, that, that necessity in my life. Is it's not just a statement, a little label, I'm a child of God. There's an evidence of me being a child of God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's not just a, 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 a theological thing. 
There's an evidence, an outworking evidence. And uh, so we're, we're going to turn to 1 John chapter 3, and I'm going to read some of the chapters there. Some of the verses, rather. How great, this is uh, 1 John 3, 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. So it did not know the Father, so it can't understand the children of the Father, the children of God. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Hallelujah. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Did you get that? Everyone who has this hope in him, that's the hope of his appearance, purifies himself just as he, God, is pure. Did you understand that? That because I'm a child of God, I have an obligation to somehow maintain the purity that God gives me, his holiness. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared, this is what Carol was saying, was to destroy the devil's work. And Jackie, yeah? Make a declaration, yeah? No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. How do we know we've passed from death to life? Because we love our brothers. John, in this chapter, breaks out into amazing praise. He says, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us. Or in another version, 
Or what manner of love is this, that we should be called children of God? What kind of love is this that took me and made me a child of God? It's not the way I, I feel. It's who I am. I'm a child of God because I accepted him as my father through the blood of Jesus. That's a message for me. It's a message for you. It's a message for Billery Baptist Church. What kind of love is this? That when I was so estranged from God, he should have saved me and his son should have taken my sins upon himself. It's a message for Billericke Baptist. It's a message from Billericke. And it's unlike any other love. You know, it's just the world, the world cannot know and understand what it is to be born from above. It has no cognizance of it. But you and I, if we're trusting in God, we should know what this life from heaven is to be born anew. To be conscious of that. It's not just a, a statement. It's not just part of my testimony. And how many ever years ago it was. Amazing grace that we shall be like him, it said, didn't it? In... Um, Philippians chapter chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a similarity with the passage we read. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, so it's with his power, will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? It's amazing that that's what God is doing and will do. And evidence of that we are children of God is that we long for his returning. That's our hope. That's the outcome of being a child of God. It's the evidence that hope is within me. That no matter what this world is, is throwing at us, no matter what, what problems face us, that he is coming. And he's coming for his kids. He's coming for you and he's coming for me. And he's coming for those that are yet to be born and you. And then it says these words, Purify himself because of his coming and because we are his children that we must purify ourselves just as he is pure. Just like the, the statements in, in 1 Peter, be holy as he is holy. And what is this? Is there some ministry of works all of a sudden? That I can purify myself? That somehow I can, I can put myself right? Basically what he's saying is, Ian, stop sinning. Stop it. You're a child of God. That's sinning. That, that's, that's from the devil. That's from your old life. That is Cain. You're not, you're not made that way. You're not wired that way anymore. 
And said, sin is a problem. It breaks fellowship. It leads to lawlessness, it tells us. It just brings me apart. And that's why this is so important. That we actually discern that table and we understand what that means. Why should we want to stop sinning? Because we undo the work of Christ. Christ set me apart. He gave me a life, which is so marvelous. Why would I willfully want to return to sin and know that I'm doing it and constantly doing it? I'm not discerning the Lord's table and the consequences that brings. Verse 5, we who do the work of Christ, well, no, sorry, we undo the work of Christ. He came to remove sin and we should want to be like him, to please and honour him in our lives. Hallelujah. That's what I saved me for. And then verse 6 is, no one who lives in him keeps sinning. If we abide in him and he is sinless, it's not talking about sinless perfection. We all fall. But to continue in sin is something quite different. It's not falling. It then becomes a choice. Knowing it's wrong, like in Romans 1, my, my heart, my conscience gets so, I'm, I'm so used to this, my conscience gets seared in such a way that I, I'm, I'm desensitized to it. In verse 9 it says, God's seed is in me. We're talking about reproduction, aren't we? But that, 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 that seed is sperma. It's the seed of God was placed in me and you. The seed of the one who created everything we know, who loves you. He didn't give you a set of rules. He gave you his life. That almost warrants another hallelujah, doesn't it? <laughs> to, be, to be saved and given the life, to live it. Not like the, the Old Testament We've, we, we, we had a different covenant, but you've, you've got a set of rules which you can't keep and you'll break. I have the power within me to live differently. My, no, my life is no longer characterized by self and sin. We are being changed as that sperma, that God within, is allowed to grow and develop. And my character and my, my personality gets molded by God. And there's a test this is all this. You say, oh, I know I'm a, a child of God. He says, this is how we know we are children of God. We do what is right. That's the desire. This is my desire. To honor him by living good. That's the evidence of this, this life within me. 
it matters. What I do, say, and think matters to God. He cares about it. Because it is is the testimony of God that I bear. And the second thing is we, we do what is right as our desire, but we love our brothers. We love the brethren. We love brothers and sisters in Christ. Not that we don't love the world, but we have a special love for our family. And that's our action to, to do what is right, want to do what is right. It's my motivation, it's my desire. But that we love our brothers is the outworking, it's the obligation that, that God wants to see from me is love. It's the heart of John's message. We know we have passed from death to life because we go to church. He didn't say that. We know that we pass from death to life because we tithe. didn't say that. We know we pass from death to life because I do a lot of good stuff. He didn't say that. I know I pass from death to life because I work hard. He didn't say it. He said, Ian, you know you've passed from death to life because you've got a supernatural love that I gave you for the brethren that have that same love within them. How wonderful is that? When church comes together, it's a huge loving. Yeah? Not a judging, not a criticizing, not a put down in. Not to feel isolated, separated, worthless. It's a place where the love of God breaks free. And we can truly love one another. And look one another in the eye and say, I love you in the love of the Lord. I do. Because that's what God saved me for. 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says, For the love of God compels us. Compels us to what? Verse 16 in 2 Corinthians 5 says, To see others through the eyes of love, no longer from a worldly point of view, do I look at one another. I look at one another through through the vista of God. Isn't that wonderful, Peter? I can see you through the eyes of God. And hopefully others can see me in the like manner. 1 Peter 4, 8 to 11. Above all other, all else, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. It just means I don't, I don't look for sin in other people. I'm not the judge, he's the judge. I'm the one that was saved from the gutter to be lifted to the uttermost. I'm the one who God has put. God, God's got more faith in me than I've got in Him. He's got faith that I can be a carrier of the Holy Spirit. That almost demands a wow, isn't it? That He saved me enough. You know, if you've got the most precious thing in your home, I don't know what it was, but say it was a a hand-me-down from some great-grandmother and it was so precious and, uh, you know, it was some some vase or some uh, ornament. 
and you give it to you give it to a little child, give it to Ben to carry around, yeah, give it to to anyone, and say, "I trust you with this." God's given me the Holy Spirit. And says, Ian, I trust you with him. Are you going to let him have his way in your life? How is this? We, we speak the very words of God, and that's love to one another. That's in 1 Peter 4. To truly love someone is to speak the words of love to them. Words of God. In prison, I, we started another Living with Lost course on Thursday. And there's some, people would say, distasteful guys in this group of seven. Some with, you know, they've got anger. Two of them especially have got anger just bubbling beneath the surface constantly. And it's, it would be so easy to, to, for me to have the wrong attitude towards them. But I have to see them as Jesus sees them. And that, that's, that can be quite shocking for them because they expect some sort of response maybe they get from the majority of the prison officers. James 5.19 talks about whoever leads someone to repentance covers a multitude of sins. We're in the business of of Noah's son who who walked backwards and covered his nakedness while his brothers wanted to expose him. We cover one another. God has poured his love into our hearts that we might live as children of God. And let us believe that, that we can do it, you can do it. Because that's what the world needs. It needs to see a group of people that live such significantly different lives to the world. It's not like Animal Farm when, you know, the pigs took control and uh, in the end they were just like the human beings. There was no difference between them. And we're acting just the same. It's a shame when church, obviously we fall, but church itself acts like the world. When we're called to be so, so different and empowered to be different as well. So we're going to sing a song and then we're going to break bread together.